Hello. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm all right. Just trying to wind down real quick. Okay. Well, thank you. Getting in the house. How's the weather? How's the weather out there? Uh, it's a little humid today. It was a little. They had a little forecast over, but it, it wasn't super hot. But it was humid. Okay, I was about to say because you live in Texas, right? Yeah, in Dallas. Yeah. I was about to say Texas be hot. Super hot. Yeah. And but, you uh, spell it. You gotta spell it H A H T. Yeah, with <laughs> two T's. That's not hot. <laughs> Dude, it's hot. Like <laughs> no joke out there. Oh my uh, god. I'm originally I'm originally from DC though, so. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I okay. already know about the East Coast, and like it's definitely way hotter down here than anything over there. It's humid. It's humid out here too. But I'm not even. I'm not from the East Coast. But you, I'm gonna get into that. I am from. <laughs> my name. Wait, wait. <laughs> Let me back it up. Back it up. Let's back it up. Yeah. <laughs> Let's back it up. And dump it. Uh, what's up, hip hop lovers? It's your host, High CT. Uh, this is the Beatbox Podcast. Yeah, I'm reporting. <laughs> I'm reporting out of Brooklyn, New York, but I'm from the best coast. I'm from the West Coast. I'm from the Bay Area. I'm from Oakland, California. So okay. I'm out here. I like Oakland. Have you been? Uh, no, I've been to LA. I've been to there, but uh, I've met so many Oakland people and just uh, the Oakland culture and throughout like cinematography, like the movies and stuff that I watch and all the people. Yeah. Like it just it reminds me a lot about DC, like DC, because they got a whole pro-black type thing there and then you know dc yeah. used to be a chocolate city so it's like it kind of had the same type of vibes i want to go to dc so bad <laughs> just catch the train the bus. i know i know i know it's because like i'm like what am i gonna do when it when i go out there because like covid you know like i gotta see what phase of covid that they're in yeah but i think everything down there open like they're doing stuff oh really yeah the people that all of my you know people i follow that still live in dc they going to little bars and stuff, so. <laughs> you said that you were you're from DC. Tell me, yeah. actually, first of all, dial it back again. Who, can you introduce yourself? Let's introduce myself. Let's introduce you. Well, my name is Nate Nate G. I go by Nate G. That's uh, my artist name. I'm um, I mainly do hip hop music. I've been doing music for about since I was 15. So I say about 15, 16 years. Um, but I've always done it like as a, uh, not full time, basically. I've always been in school and doing, going to college and, you know, I became a dad, but I'm still doing music. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also, uh, started my own company called Soul Frequencies. It's a entertainment company that I got. Cause I was like, I started on my own shows and started waking up, being enlightened to certain, you know, things about, you know, my, my people and just consciousness in general. Mm-hmm. And then I started raising my, you know, frequency. So I just started my own company which incorporated both of them by giving people information, you know, through art and, and, and events and things like that. So that's what I've been pushing hard as of late is uh, Soul Frequencies. Uh, I'm working on a couple albums right now and uh, doing my Freestyle Fridays for, like, marketing and stuff every Friday. But, um, but yeah. You're telling me about Soul Frequencies and you're just saying, like, through art, you put on events and you're, like, you know, raising frequencies just through art. Yeah, like that's basically what I made it for, but it's been expanding to uh, uh, really I've been having a lot of merchants turn into a clothing line because every time I wear a shirt or something, people always ask me what it is, what what is it? So I've been pushing probably more of the clothing line of soul frequencies and stuff, but just to mesh it all together with my music to have a machine behind it, basically, and probably be getting trying to get a couple, you know, artists 
signed to it, turned it to like a label thing. Mm, yeah, okay. So that's what's on the on the brinks for me, like a little multimedia that. company here. Exactly. I already produce a podcast mm-hmm. uh, for uh, like a video podcast called Black in the Day. I think the girl's changing the name to like by the culture or something because she didn't want mm. to use like black as much. But um, yeah, that's that podcast is pretty cool. So I got that under Soul Frequencies too. So just trying nice. to spread spread my shots in the entertainment. As you should, as you should. In any way, excuse me, I'm getting my footing over here. But in, if any way that I can support, I will. So oh, let me know. That's great. Let spread me the, know. the my thing is to spread the music. Word of mouth is the is the absolutely. That's the that's. Way. Effective, most yeah. effective with anything. Even when you learn about marketing, like person to person marketing is one of the most effective ways. Like, mm-hmm. so that's, that's just that's like just the way it is. In general, like I like I like I like to even meet people fresh face to face. Front, I can be friends with almost anybody if I mm-hmm. meet them one on one. Right, you start getting that peer group thinking is when it get all mm-hmm. bad. Yeah, no, that's real. Yeah, that's real, Nate G. I know you a real ass nigga because I could tell. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you were telling me a little bit about your origin. You were t- you mentioned DC and then Dallas. At what point did you go to Dallas from DC? Like, what's happening, and how did that uh, yeah. influence you as a person? Tell me. Def- definitely a, a, a mid stop in there. But um, so <laughs> DC, I uh, graduated high school when I was like at eighteen. You know, um, went to I was actually like my well the backstory of my mother passed when I was seventeen. Mm. So. Um, the counselors and stuff knew, you know what I'm saying, the kids with their mom gone, like they were trying to look out for me a little bit. And they mm-hmm. told me to go talk to the counselor from the University of Oakland. Well, not the counselor, it was a recruiter that was coming to our school because I went to an academic high school. So we had a lot of like traffic trying to get us to go to college. Mm-hmm. So um, the recruiter from OU basically came. He was from the same hood I was in and he you know, knew my situation. So he put me out there and a couple other people the University of Oklahoma, and I decided to go there, you know, and I got in-state tuition because, you know, when you're in D.C., D.C. is not a state, so you can get in-state tuition at any school if you graduate from D.C. Oh, hell no. Nobody told me that. <laughs> yeah, because it's not a state. Everybody else gets in-state tuition. Oh, hell no, because I'm sitting over here, like, I was thinking about going to get my master's in New York City, and I'm like, damn, they're like, you gotta be, you gotta, to qualify for in-state tuition in New York, you gotta be living here for at least a year, which is fine, but I'm like, damn! In-state is no joke! At all. Like, I mean, out-of-state like, out-of-state tuition is no joke, like, I'm like, I'll wait! <laughs> at all, so I was lucky to get that little advantage, and I got a few scholarships, whatever, so then I just pay my way the rest of college, I probably owe a little bit, you know, but Amazing. then after I graduated, I basically did accounting in college, uh, graduated from accounting. I ended up pledging Alpha Phi Alpha. Uh, okay. We was, um, man, I was in a rap group then. It was called SOS Save Our Soul. It was the same mm-hmm. dude I was in high school with. He went to college with me. We pledged together. We was in the same rap group. His name, Nick Brooks. Um, mm-hmm. But he go by Ben Kenobi. And so we was doing the SOS thing. We moved to Dallas, actually. Well, I moved to Dallas first, and then I was on the scene. What, what drove you to move to Dallas? I didn't want to go back to D.C., uh-huh. Because it's Why? too expensive to live. Mm. First of mm-hmm. all, secondly, mm-hmm. I was like, I got a whole Oklahoma degree. I might as well use it in a state that's close. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, I can go to Texas, and a lot of my frat brothers were from Texas, Dallas, and Houston, and stuff. So I already mm. visited there a lot over the last four years, and I was like, all right, this might be, you know, cool. It's a cost of living's cool. I can use my degree, you know. And then in my mind, it's like, why go back to DC? My parents are past. You know what I'm saying? Like. 
I have yeah. nothing to go like to go back and I'm just gonna go to my friends in the streets and stuff. So like yeah. might as well go do something different. Hmm. How did that how did both cultures though of both places? I mean, even Oklahoma, how did all those cultures influence you as a person and as an artist? Um, well, DC definitely influenced me to who I am at my core. Like mm. it helped me to be fast paced, learn about mm-hmm. like like you know, you gotta see it's in the same city of politicians and these people ain't no good people either. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like you got these mm. politicians going ham crazy, you know, right. doing this gentrification. I'm seeing all of this. You got the crack epidemic right now. So I'm pretty mm. much a crack baby. You know what I'm saying? Hey, and first generation this- crack baby out here. <laughs> listen, I was just thinking, I, I always say this. My, both my parents, are, they probably would not want me to say this, but fuck it. Both my parents were crack babies. So it's like, I'm first gen, I'll be like, first generation crack baby. Hey, we out here. But like, people are like, that's. Yeah. No, yeah, both my parents <laughs> but it's just like, hey. did crack, so it's like yeah. I'm a literal crack baby, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. so it's yeah. like that's the thing. Like, when my dad probably was more like heroin because he passed when I was like three, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? But like mm-hmm. my stepdad and my mom, all like they, most of my family, everybody around there did that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that's it's real. You and I grow up and start to see like, damn, these niggas. Why this is why these niggas was at my door. They was coming right. to bring some rocks with my parents and shit like that because they ain't out there like that. But it's like crack right, so. ripped, crack ripped through the black community. Obviously, that was intentional, mm-hmm. and and it's still it's like it's fizzling out just now. Like my grandmother, actually, my grandmother's been clean for eight years. Mm-hmm. Like she's about to be, she's very young for for a grandmother. She's about to be seventy, but okay, like she's been on drugs for most of her life. Like yeah. That shit's crazy. This is a lot of no, a lot of people like that, and a lot of people that I've seen. when I, when I was young, I didn't know that they were drug addicts or like you know what I'm saying. But as mm-hmm. I grew up, I'm like, dang, they still doing the same stuff. I didn't came back home from college to visit. They in the same spot, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's just crazy. So that yeah, so that's the city that I came from. That's what kind of molded me. And then like mm. losing my mom at that time, mm. it was like, all right, I just kind of lost any emotion to a lot of things. so then when i went Mm. to college it just was a culture shock because one i'm used to living in a black city you know what i'm saying and and at least a fast-paced city too so it's like i go to oklahoma you got to have a car i never had a car before like (laughs) i'm trying to hit drives Mm -hmm. for people one thing i did like though people it was a slower pace so i could think more i didn't have to look over my shoulder like Mm. i didn't have to you know think about all of these things like people didn't lock their door half the time you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, so this is just a total different environment for me, and I can feel like I could be more free. Like those four, that transition, like, like those four years, like in college, people always say college is gonna be your most fun anyway. But like, That's what they say, like for <laughs> me, it was really like relieving and free because it's like, like I couldn't do no wrong. I'm in school. You know what I'm saying? I'm yeah, not thinking no, about Nate, my Nate, listen, <laughs> I know what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. I went through the same thing. It's just like. For me, I didn't, my parents were on drugs, but there, I definitely had a rough life, rough life, you know? So mm-hmm. it's just like poverty is a trap. First of all, let me say that. And just like being able to move out and go and be out of that environment and get out of the hood and not yeah. be in survival mode for once in my life. It's like just, a third graduation or something. Fuck. It's, it's really life-changing. And to, it, it's, it's really mind-altering, like, it's just crazy. So I'm here. I'm here on the okay, road yeah, like you. Said, and I forgot, like you said, he's from Oakland here. Yeah, that's 
That's mm-hmm. crack capital right there. <laughs> Oakland, smoking. Yeah, smoking. Weed, so you, know. you like Snowfall. <laughs> you like that show? Yeah, I love I love Snowfall. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Snowfall. The uh um but back to the question. That's based, that's based in LA. A little chocolate zaddy. I don't know yeah, his yeah. name. But they had that one episode <laughs> where he went up to Oakland and he found out how to make crack. Yes, yes, I remember that. Yeah. Yep, and that was, and I love how they represented the Black Panthers and everything too. Because yeah, that's that story does not like. They're trying to kill off the legacy of the Black Panthers, but like you, you just can't. Like the history's so rich. And, mm-hmm. and one of my friends from Oakland, he always talking about that, and he's pretty much a Panther, basically the way. Yeah, yeah, it needs to be preserved. That legacy needs to be preserved. There's so much history in Oakland with that, and they try to kind of just sweep it under. Like the the old, I used to live around the corner from the old Black Panther headquarters. There's not a plaque. There's not a nothing. You don't know unless you went to search for that information yourself. Like this is amazing history. Like I lived around the corner from where Huey P. Newton was murdered, and nobody right. knows. Like that's just crazy. Like we should be preserving that history. That's important. I mean, you we know why the FBI took down the Black Panthers. A lot of them are still, I mean, they're either dead, a lot of them are either dead or in prison, and a lot of them have been been in prison since they were they've been in prison longer been in prison longer than they've been out, you know? So Yeah, most of them are crazy, yes. They just leave them crazy. For shit, for like shit, like consp- conspiracy to kill a police officer with you know very little evidence, but no evidence. Oh, the evidence. You know how that should on. go. <laughs> Easy. Ugh. The FBI. On oh, the Alphabet Boys. The Alphabet Boys. All the niggas. Mm-hmm. All of them. <laughs> but yeah, so, but, Nate, back to you. Yeah, go. Yeah, so um, Oklahoma kind of gave me the freedom, you know, and it got me to meet people from different places. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So it's like I met Oklahoma people, like Texas people, people mm. from Cali. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I got to learn and just mesh and meet. I was already a little bit more mature for my age already, especially coming from the city, like D.C., coming to like Oklahoma, where like they're more like people grow up slower. Everything's just slower. So that was a big difference, too, to see like, dang, I wasn't cool with no freshmen, no other 18-year-olds. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because I was like, 23 in my mind so i'm like i'm hanging with all the seniors you know and doing all of this stuff because these are people that i can relate with more so mm-hmm. i was like that was different so I, I felt like i was always ahead of my time there like which would help me because i can move fast paced and get stuff done in a slower environment too mm-hmm. so it's not like i'm not with the hustle and bustle and everything so i could I, I it was easier for me to shine basically yeah, yeah, you got that. You got that. Fa- the, that that foundation was laid. Exactly, the just foundation took off. Was laid. And which I mm. didn't mention about my lower, younger foundation was like before I even did music and entertainment and stuff. Like I started dancing when I was young. Okay, Chris Breezy. <laughs> when I was nine, like I was a, uh, I started off doing ballet, liturgical, and hip hop. Wow. And then I uh, was introduced. I got a tap dance teacher, and then I took tap. Like I just took tap and fell in love with it. To where I like, I won a couple BT awards, tapping oh, and stuff. I won. You was Olympics. tapping. You wasn't yeah. okay. Yeah, I was good, good. Like, I, yeah. then I was in ballet. I was pretty good too, and they wanted me to be in the dance theater of Harlem, and um, so I did the dance theater of Harlem stuff like on the weekends oh, wow. for a little bit in wow. DC. And then, but it was just crazy because this is another thing about it's like when you like I was young from the hood. Doing yeah. this real feminine thing, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's and, amazing. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And it was hard for me because I was like, I would get teased. I mean, like, at the same token, I was around a lot of women and got a lot of female attention, mm-hmm. which I knew and I got and they got. 
But when I go to the street or the hood and this, it's just like, you're a ballerina. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you're a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> like, da, 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 this. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. I can have to do that a little bit until I started being in the classes with nothing but gay dudes. You know mm. what I'm saying? So then mm. I was like, ah, oh, this is this is manifesting. They making me feel like I'm not about to be like these niggas. Like, I'm not. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I so feel you. Yeah. That's what pushed me out. I was what, around like 14, mm. 15 then. So I was like, oh. nah. I can't. Oh, nigga, you could probably hit a clean ass. What is it, plie? <laughs> oh yeah, plie. Yeah, it's nothing. I could bend my knee. Ah, like he said that's nothing. Oh no, shit. I really don't. So that's all I could. Yo, think plie of. is just when they bend their knee. Oh, like a squat. <laughs> <laughs> Ow. <laughs> well, anyway. But then, so that's why I got like my foundation. So when I was in Oklahoma, I did a lot of like the talent shows. I did a lot of stuff that I won. And I was in the rap group with the dude that came with me. We was ended up being on the radio in Oklahoma. Uh, we was like on the radio, like, literally like every morning, like we was in rotation. So that was like a big high high point for my music. And then we also did uh, Tony Williams, which is Kanye West's cousin. Oh wow! Uh, he sang on a lot of Kanye West's first couple albums, and he toured with mm-hmm. him now. The world famous mm-hmm. Tony uh, Williams. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did a couple tracks with him and. Like we was like just close to getting in the good music. We got to wear the good music chain. Mm. Politics as usual. We didn't even have a manager. We were still doing yeah. everything on our own. But mm-hmm. so that's how Oklahoma really opened me up to where when I was like, all right, I moved to Dallas. I can really take over in Dallas. Like all the shows come to Dallas. All these celebrities come here. You know, Dallas is like the popping city or one of the popping cities of the South. Yeah, especially for the music scene. You know, Erica Badu always had people come through here and do concerts and just all the time. It's just so creative. So mm-hmm. like. That was a difference. So I got to uh, mesh all of my, like, city vibes here. You know what I'm saying? And then that's why I kind of like it here. And then I had a daughter, like, five years ago. So now I feel like I'm just stuck here. I'm just going to be here. Now she's five? She grown. Yeah, she's five. Kindergarten Aww. already. Oh, that's precious. That's so precious. Oh, how does, how does, I don't want to, like, you know, dig too deep and feel free to let me know if this steps on any boundaries, but... Mm-hmm. Like I know this isn't this isn't isn't necessarily music related, but the absence of your parents and raising your daughter, like how was that? I just already knew what I wanted to do. You know what I'm saying? You know, how some mm. people be lost. They're like, oh, I don't know. Like I knew exactly. I was like, well, I'm going to be in my daughter's life. My daughter and I about to grow up without a dad. You know what I'm saying? Of course. Yeah. So it's just and just having that extra. I don't know, protectiveness about her or me knowing, like, I'm going to be with her and I have to, like, because I'm, I'm not just going to be, like, a normal, I guess, would you say, a cliche dad. Like, I'm yeah. a, I'm a parent. You know what I'm saying? You're a parent. So, you're all in. Yeah. You're yeah, a I'm a parent. I'm her parent. So it's like, and that's how I approached it. And I was like, my mother gave me a little bit more freedom because she, mm-hmm. I guess she's saying I was bright and I can just handle a lot of stuff on my own. So yeah. it was like, I tried to give her, my daughter, a little freedom. And, like, I'm big in astrology, so it's, like, I kind of parent off of her energy. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So, she, my daughter's a Gemini, just like me, so I can a- be able to... When's your birthday? Uh, mine's May 26th. Her birthday, May 22nd. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we, okay. like, right there. She My best friend's a Gemini. Hers is May 29th. I'm a Scorpio. November oh, 16th. <laughs> November 16th. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm cool with Scorpios. One of my friends is Scorpio. I'll be telling him about himself. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, why you why you throw that little tidbit in on the end? I'm telling him about himself. Yeah, Scorpios Scorpio. be extreme, but I can talk. I talk well with Scorpios. I have great uh, conversations with Scorpios, like because yeah. I'm able to 
go as deep as you guys. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm, they say that Scorpios are intense. No, they're intense. The most thing that I look at the Scorpios is that they're more transformative. Like, if a Scorpio in your life, they're going to transform you somehow. Mm, it's like, you guys deal with a lot of trauma, too. Mm, yeah. So that's why y'all can help other people transform easier. Mm. Damn, nigga, you're changing my life right now. I hope, <laughs> that, I hope that people are listening or, or their lives are being impacted. Shit, mm-hmm. especially during these times. Um, I'm about to say, no, yeah, you hit me after this, give me all your little info. I'll do your, your natal chart. Okay. Okay, little, little uh, Miss Cleo, Mr. Cleo over there. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember those commercials? Oh, remember? I, yes, I, I remember the Jaru and the interlude. He's like, "Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm Leo cousin of the bitch. I don't know what the fuck she's talking about." <laughs> Next caller. <laughs> that Miss Cleo was a whole scam job. It's okay. Oh damn! You mentioned ballet. You mentioned tap and everything, and and you did mention being in in the rap group SOS. Mm-hmm. At one part, at what point in your life did you start making music? And then at what point in your life did you start taking it seriously? Like I like to do this. I'm gonna do this. Um, I think I always took it serious because, like, um, I was like, I'm recording myself. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. <laughs> like I'm I'm going to show this. I'm gonna do. Like I make goals about it. You know what I'm saying? It was a hobby, but I, it was a passion, so I took it as serious. You know what I'm saying? Mm, like, yeah. Um, so when I, I've always like entertaining. I've always been like witty or funny or whatever. So I, <laughs> I've I, always I, been that nigga. Basically, <laughs> <laughs> He's, I've always been you know everything that everyone ever desired. So it just really came naturally. So anyway, hey, I'm uh, trying to be <laughs> humble here. God, <laughs> I appreciate that, but I also appreciate a little flex. It's okay. We all got a flex. So that's like you see. I said it. You, I flex. I just said it. In you a did. Nice way. You did. You did, you did, okay. We got to just listen to the diction, and I can be very, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Very, very big-headed, but it's going to hey, come out Okay. But, um, dang, what I was about to say, I forgot. Because um, I said, you said you already took it seriously, and you've already oh, been yeah, witty, so I was like everything, 14. the best person on alive. Yeah, go ahead. 14 or 15, <laughs> it was, um, I was, uh, I started hanging, because that's my mother who started getting sick. So mm. I, my older brother, I wasn't really in close with him. He tried to start getting in touch with me more. Yeah. And, like, he um, took me in on the weekend. So I got a job in, in Virginia at Panera Bread. That was my first job. Okay, uh, shout out to Panera. Shout, shout out to the Broccoli Cheddar Soup. Exactly. Shout out to Rambo. Fronte Chickens. But, yes, I did that. So they took me to church with them on the weekends, on Sundays. And then I guess this, I don't know what they was talking about I me. Mean, I felt like it was like pity or some shit. I don't know. But this one lady at their church gave me a, a, a laptop and a whole stack of blank CDs. Mm. So I'm like messing with the laptop and I see it got a little recording program and I got CDs. I was like, I'm going to record myself and burn it on CD and take it to school. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, and just try to Let be Let all cool. these bitches hear my mixtape. Exactly. Flex on these niggas. You know what I'm Flex saying? Flex on like, these niggas real quick. <laughs> so, <laughs> I did that, took it to school. So this was probably me just playing around. But mm-hmm. then the one dude that I ended up being in a group with, at Nick from SOS, came up to me in the in the, in the hallway. He's like, yeah, man, I heard you rap. Da-da, film me right now. Right? What? Yeah. That's some movie shit? It's some movie shit for sure. And I was like, uh, I was like, nah, uh, I'm about to go to class, but you could 
You can come to my house after school and rap with me if you want. You know what I'm saying? You said meet me outside. You park a lot. He's trying to rap now. Trying to go. And then it was more intimidating because he walked up to me with two big ass niggas beside what him. What the fuck? And he was short. So it was like. He said, it's time to do it, nigga. And I was like, okay, nigga, I don't know y'all like that, but you trying to rap? Like, okay. we can just rap in my house. We can do it together. <laughs> ain't no need to go against you. It ain't that serious. Yeah. So. Uh, we can just rap. Yeah, he came to my crib and, uh, uh, I helped him put some ringtones on his phone. Remember the ringtones on the on the yeah. was popping. So yeah, that's why he really came in. I was like, I could hook you with the ringtone. You got on the ringtones, and then we ended up making some songs. And then like he used to come over there like every week to where like we started like going to the real studio, doing like mixtape joints when we was going to doing little competitions and stuff. So where it was like four of us in a the group. Then me, I noticed that me and Nick was the main ones that was serious. You know what I'm saying? We was on all of the songs. So me and him. Started doing stuff together, and we both went to college, and we and we ended up making seven projects together. Wow! Yeah, and the last one is streaming right now. I think it's like it's called Seven S E Seven S E the number seven E N by S O S. So if you look that up, streaming S E the number seven E N. Okay. And then S O S. Yeah, and then it should pop up somewhere. It's like a little. Look it up. So that's the last joint that I did with my group. And then everything I have after that is just solo, Nate G. I, I actually, nice. that's funny, because I posted yesterday on my, um, the, oh, today, actually, this morning, on the uh, IG of my podcast Instagram. Oh, yeah, I already said IG. On my podcast IG um, about rap groups and whether, wait, what's today? Today's Monday, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, that was yesterday. I posted yesterday. See, this pandemic got me all fucked up. I don't know my days. Yesterday, I posted about whether rap groups are dead or not. And I know that we still have a few around, but like, I just feel like their the presence isn't as strong as they, they have been in the past. So I'm like, is our rap groups hip hop history? You know? Man, that's crazy. Cause I, like you said, we came up off of rap groups, but like, there's still, like there's still some around. Migos, like, City I was, Girls. Migos, I guess. I was City Girls. I don't think about them. I was thinking about like Earth Gang, Black Hippie. Yeah, I mean, Black Hippie, they're not, never going to come out with nothing together. Right, they're not active. They have, like, three <laughs> songs. Yeah, Brock Hampton is, I wouldn't even call them the What they call it, like, the all the New York niggas? It's what? a group. Bad, Joy Badass, they whole little crew. They got a They got a group? It's like a crew. They, like, form fused together, basically. See, the fact that we're even, like, searching for the name of the group is crazy, because, like... This is, this is this is very... That's crazy. what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, the presence isn't strong, because, like, back in the day, it's like, all right, try, you know? Who's yeah, it'll, like, be, it'll be groups versus groups, like... Yes. It's your niggas versus my niggas, and we ready. I know it's a lot hard. I guess we, we got the labels. We got labels more so, because it's more independence. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah, more independence out here, so it's like, if we was all part of a label, we probably just have a group. You know what I'm saying? The label would be like, let's put these niggas together. Compared right. to QC, you got QC versus fucking, uh, you know what I'm saying, the baby in them camp. Or you got Dreamville mm-hmm. versus uh, TDE. Or, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So in my mind, that's the kind of the groupage we got now. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got Young Thug, the slime. You got Young Thug in them. You got Thug, Gunner, you know what I'm saying? All of them together. A, you, what's so the name kind of the group? Like, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Groups evolved into <laughs> labels. Mm, right, right, right. Billion Dollar Baby. Yes, you, yeah, you're actually right. You're right, because like, so rap groups are still a thing. Yeah, it's just like you said, niggas, but I'm going to sign them and make money, and we all make our own money compared to us choose together and go get somebody else to sign one deal together. You know what I'm saying? Right. Man, you smart. You know this though. 
<laughs> Look at him. The humble laugh. Not even the humble. <laughs> he says, yeah, I know. Okay, next question. <laughs> um, tell me about an album that changed your life in one way or another and why. <sighs> Two of them. Okay. My first album that I ever got was Usher My Way. Okay. And How old were you? I was in the third grade. Nigga, and what the fuck you doing? I know. This is why I changed my life. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I changed your life? Yeah. Changed my oh, life. hell no. I'm in the third grade on the playground singing to women. Oh, no. Well, little uh, girls. Because this is little girls. Yes, they're not. Singing to little girls. Mm-hmm. Being, trying to be Usher, Mr. Player Boy, all oh, of this. No. Right? So my, my stepdad, I guess, was mad because. My mom, like, why, why, does, why you got a little nigga listen to all this soft ass shit? You know what I'm saying? And then she like, well, it's better than him listen to that shoot him up, gang, gang, bang, bang shit. Mm-hmm. And then, so I guess like that's why she let me have it. But coming up off Usher, I learned all that. I think that's why I got my like smoothness from like from Usher. Usher laid the foundation. And then yeah, the entertainment too, because he danced. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He does. Yeah. He did everything. Yeah. I used to watch his little concerts. Usher was popping, popping. You know what I'm saying? And that resonated with you as a dancer. Exactly. So like I was mm-hmm. like, I was on it. But then the next album I got a few years later was fucking Eminem Slim Shady LP. Interesting. Yeah. So I was <laughs> in what the fifth grade now. Uh-huh. I'm still a little bit too young to be listening to Eminem. Uh, yeah, to some psycho. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> but it changed my shit because I literally had that on tape. And I, well, I, my way was on tape too. But um, the tape that I had from Eminem, I would just keep playing it over and over again. And even I would like read some of the lyrics without listening to the songs when I'm not at work. I mean, when I was at school. And um, it got me to really become a lyricist because I, I was going more so by less of what he's talking about because of course i'm i can't relate to none of this shit i'm in the fifth grade so i'm just going off of the words how he's putting it together catching all the puns and because eminem's great with wordplay you know what i'm saying yeah he so, worked i mean like that's what he wanted his thing to be exactly and so but he like also studied people, it people took it as crazy white people shit though you know what i'm saying like, um, yeah i mean because it was a combination but go ahead but i mean it kind of <laughs> but it's like i look at it still as a poor man you know what i'm saying yeah, trying to come up yeah. and got his problems like yeah, I so, feel you. So it was as more it still was relatable. Like that's why I fuck with Eight Mile. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> as like, a kid, I, me and my dad and my brother used to watch the fuck out of Eight Mile. Like, like the the it's one of those movies that just the quotable is like your t-shirt, yellow lotto. I don't fit you. Like, <laughs> like just super quotable. I know all of that by heart. The whole last joint. I know you do. Go ahead. What is going like? Now everybody from the three one three. Three one three. Well, uh, Claire's parents had a real good marriage. Oh yeah, that one. <laughs> all of them. He killed them. Like that was. Yeah. I wish that, that was. But the, the reason CD why I brought before. that up because like you were saying, it's a poor man. Like regardless, it's, it could be taken as some crazy white people shit. And at face surface level, it is. It does appear that way. But like when you think about it, like it's a story that resonates with you. Like regardless. Exactly. Exactly, mm-hmm. like this, and it's stuff, and it's sometimes like I can just applaud people for doing some shit that I feel like I'm not that good at doing. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I can't put my emotion on track like that and tell a whole story that's not completely true. You know what I'm saying about killing my baby mama? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He got away with talking about killing her a little too much, but yes, mm-hmm. this nigga always killing her. I'm like, well, that, well, that. that's the only right. way he could do it. Yeah. <laughs> 
I mean, damn, I'm, at this point, I heard all types of ways that this little bitch could die. Like, and I'm just like his mom. So I'm just my like, lord. Yeah, his mom ended up writing a book eventually and was like, this man is troubled. He didn't even go, he didn't even have as bad as a childhood as he says, but who knows, you know? Yeah, you're the mom. Yeah. You don't know what you put this motherfucker through. Right. You don't know the trauma that this man is. Especially when you're on drugs. Right. So. What's that? Sex. All right. Well, the Slim Shady and Usher, Usher baby. You know he's uh-huh. born in Dallas. Yeah. But he's from ATL. Who? He, uh, Usher. Oh, yeah. I think so. I don't know where he's, he's from exactly. He claims ATL. Okay. But he was born in Dallas. Oh, shoot. I didn't know that. See? Mm-hmm. I looked it up. But, um... I just thought you were going real young. Like a little Bow Wow. Little Bow Wow. That's another guy. Like, I've been talking about him a lot. Like, that man do not be getting the respect he deserves. But I think it's mostly because it's just funny to make fun of him. Because it's his personality. Yeah, I think that's what it is. He put himself out there so bad so many times. I think also, I think people think he's kind of corny, too. I think that plays a role in it. Because he's been professionally rapping since he was, like, six years old. And, like, people are like, I don't know. I feel like people seen him grow up, so it's hard for them to think outside of that. Can you think outside of this nigga out of Like Mike? I, it's hard. I can't. I can't. It's hard for me to see Shad Moss. I just see Little Bow Wow, and so I think that's why his career, as a rapper specifically, hasn't like has kind of just fizzled out. It's like, all right, nigga. Like I think if he was an R and B singer or something like Usher, uh, like Monica, then people been fucking singing since they were like fourteen years old. Exactly, and they're gonna but always have that with him. Exactly, but for for hip hop, it's just not like that. But he was only popping because everybody wrote this nigga raps. Yeah, so he like, was hanging out with the right people. Snoop Dogg. Yeah, yeah, Snoop Dogg at first. They had him on everything. And then the brat yeah. was writing all his stuff with Jermaine Dupree. But he had a really good sound for a six-year-old child. No, that's why he's so... And, like, the level of shit on discipline? Romeo. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But Lil' Romeo, he, you know, he's a little muggle, so he had the Lil' Romeo show. I know Lil' Bow had, like, Mike and everything, but yeah, Lil' Romeo, Lil Romeo, Romeo actually show. had Percy Miller. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Bow Wow ain't had no dad, dad. Like, he mm. called Jermaine Free and Snoop his uncles and his dad or whatever. But, like, this nigga just had his mom. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he been through it. And he talked about, I think, like, the. do you remember, like, when we were kids? Like, I know you're a little bit older than me, but, like, when we were kids, how um people were, like, making fun of Lil Bow Wow because he said he got molested by, like, his limo driver. Yeah. Did he say like, it or did they just make that a story? It could be make. It could have could have just been a rumor, but like the fact that people were just laughing at that shit, like I mean, that would never fly in twenty twenty, of course. But like, I just remember that, like, damn, like this nigga just like if he he did admit that, like he just became vulnerable, was like, hey, y'all need to know this, like people are just like using it against him, which is crazy. Yeah, man, I don't, I don't know about that, and like, but I do agree with you saying it won't fly in twenty twenty because everybody's sensitive. Oh, absolutely that. not. But yeah, yeah, that I mean. It's just interesting to, to definitely observe that. But I want to leave you. I want you to leave us with your one of your favorite bars that you've written. One of my favorite bars that I've written. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is hard. I know. <laughs> that is hard. So I'm gonna have to just look at my notes real quick and pick one. <laughs> <laughs> do you think? Do you think we got time? Uh, I say, I know one that I like for sure, but it's just like quick. 
I was like, they faithfully on my balls. I guess they sacrilegious. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I fuck with that. <laughs> it's nice. All right. But that's well, the one you. I can think right off the top. But yeah, I appreciate <laughs> I like you for having me. Hell yeah. And I, I look forward to speaking with you again in the future. I look forward to even meeting you eventually. If I ever get a chance to go out there, if you ever get a chance to go out here. No, I definitely need to come up there because I was talking, uh, I think we linked through uh, Wolf Taylor, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I definitely was talking about coming out there while shooting some videos with him in the mm-hmm. city. So we'll definitely need to link up. Yeah, I, I look forward to that. I can't wait. Don't don't count me out. Oh, me that's up. a bet. Like I said, I'm a repost. Tell me what I need to repost and all of this stuff. Just let me know. Absolutely. Um. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Cool. So I just want to remind my listeners that I'm not a music expert. I'm just a music lover, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Right? We all are. <laughs> right. We just trying to do what we do. Trying to do what we love. Nigga just want to do ballet. thank you so much nate for coming on i appreciate you for sharing everything sharing your fucking intellectual property sharing your frequencies and like using that to elevate the frequencies of others i like respect and i fuck with that the long way i really do appreciate it's all about inspiration inspiring the next people because you know what i'm saying energy never created nor destroyed so i just got to keep it going in the right way hell yeah hell yeah hell to the motherfucking yes. Okay, I gotta go. <laughs> All <laughs> right, man. Take care. <laughs> All right, see you. Bye.